Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Integrated Health Podcast. I'm your host Tom Phillips and today's episode I was joined by Claire Richards. Claire works with females in particular, working with them to overcome emotional eating, binge eating, as well as other disordered eating habits. It's an important subject. I think it is still a little bit taboo in the fact that a lot of people struggle to recognize that they perhaps might have an issue. We touch on that. We get some tips from Claire about how to acknowledge your eating behaviors and where you might need some extra support. We also touch on subjects such as diet culture, whether we should or shouldn't be dieting, as well as hearing a bit of a backstory to Claire and how she overcame her own eating issues, which led her down the route that she is now to becoming a coach to help other people do the same. Hope you enjoy the episode. Sit back, have a listen. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Claire, about who you oh, are. Oh, I your, knew your... you were going to ask that bloody question. Because I'm like, tell me about yourself. Give us um, a background about um, into how you got into the industry and, and how you've arrived at where you are now with what you do. Oh, my God. I'm going to try and give you the abridged version, but abridged is going to be about 20 minutes. So I'm, I'm 40 now. And I'd probably say my entire life I've had insecurities about my body image, obsessed with diet, obsessed with being thin. It's just been, it was a thing. Um, and it was normal because like, you grow up thinking that way. I just thought this is, this is just how things are. Um, it was just an obsession, which I knew it was an obsession, but at the same time, because it was so normal to me, I didn't realize how bad it really, really was until I became a personal trainer about six years ago. So it was six, six or seven years ago. And was very much into, I was very much promoting diet culture back then. I didn't know that that was a thing because of course, you know what, I felt really good by losing loads of weight. That meant that's what the people should feel. Um, so I kind of perpetuated that and, and kind of unknowing that I was uh, kind of part of the problem. But I realized, do you know what? This feels really wrong because I was binge eating a lot as a PT and um probably the weekend so I was like a weekend wanker and I'd be absolutely great during the week perfect diet actually I don't really recall thinking about it that much I think because I was on my feet so much but then at weekends oh my god I just kind of went crazy you know and absolutely mental with it and it took a while for me to go hang on a minute I'm meant to be helping people stop doing this and yet I'm doing it all the time and that really niggled me for a really long time as a PT. So then I qualified as, um, as an NLP practitioner, which is uh, Google it, Neuro Linguistic Programming. It's essentially personal training for the mind. It's a way to use the subconscious, uh, the subconscious mind and language to reprogram belief systems, values, identity, to then transform different areas of your life. It's not just about eating. Um, and that, I think I qualified probably five, four or five years ago, I lose track of time, especially with, you know, lockdown and everything. Um, so I decided I want to use these principles to help other people genuinely overcome binge eating. But I trialed it on myself first. Um, yeah, so I was kind of my own guinea pig for a couple of years, um, figured out how to do it. But, you know, it was a lot of trial and error. And I moved away from personal training because I'm like, this is, I'm just not prepared to get my ass out and my tits out and do like all like the booty exercises on like the Stairmaster and things, yes. all that works. Uh, I'm like, I'm just not playing ball. Uh, I'm gonna do what I really wanna do because I'm, I'm more intellectual. I'm kind of more into how the mind works, human behavior, that's far more interesting. And that's not what I do. So that is solely what I now do online is helping women quit binge eating, quit emotional eating and develop a much better relationship with their bodies without, you know, it's. Anyone that's watching this, any woman will be like, holy shit, I'm just, I, I feel like I have to be thin. I feel like I have to be on a diet, even though they're like, I'm always on a diet. They're not. They think they are. Mentally, they are, but they're still binge eating, so they're not. Um, so it's getting them out of that headspace, which takes a bit of time. It's not like something you can do in a week, but that, I can do yeah, it in six. It's, it's <laughs> an interesting point, actually. We'll, um, before we move on to um, speaking about emotional eating, I'd just like to touch base and quickly see your thoughts about so the diet culture thing I find yeah. quite I do find it interesting but I also at the same time find it completely normal in in social media's world in the fact that everybody has either 
completely anti-diet or not and that just says it all about about people on on instagram in particular polarized and i get that and i do get that you do have to work with a niche and you do have to you know and maybe sometimes you have to alienate certain people that aren't a good fit for what you do in order to find the people you do i do get that but and i like to i do like to think that i sit kind of middle grounds because ultimately who am i to tell somebody whether they want to diet or not like i would say to people my my job to, to a certain level is to facilitate my clients goals using my experience and my knowledge to get them there safely and effectively not yes. not for, to get somebody in my package and be like oh no you can't diet can't lose weight you're not allowed that's, to do that's that. not what we do here no i'll make you feel better about and do you know what i mean like and i i do find that quite a weird thing i do find the anti-diet it's, thing it's hard is, yeah it's hard to get your head around and to get to begin with again like we discussed about the fitness industry as a whole i kind of felt per- personally attacked sometimes i'm like yeah but i help people lose weight like you, what do you I, mean does that, that mean what, I'm not allowed to yeah, do what that? Do you, what do you mean that I, I'm, I'm wrong? Like, and, and I do get, I, I totally understand what they mean, which is where I like to have a, a middle ground. You know, like, yes, I help people lose weight, but then at the same time, we educate alongside that. So they're not always forever losing weight. That they're, they're accepting where they are now. And if you decide you still want to lose weight for a health perspective, for whatever reason, then that's fine. So it's a funny You just use a load of words and sentences that I was just going to use. You kind of <laughs> pissed my parade there. Sorry. Diet culture, This my interpretation is diet culture is telling people, women, whatever, that they must lose weight, mm. that they mm. must do that in order to be confident, in order to be happy, in order to be accepted, in order to like themselves, they must lose weight. That's what, to me, diet culture is. I definitely straddle it. Because I'm not anti-dieting, I'm not anti-fat loss, I'm not anti-weight loss, Mm. but I am anti-diet culture. I don't agree with the culture that says we have to look a certain way. I can say that because, you know, I have thin privilege. I've never been in a bigger body, but I am the largest now I've ever been in my entire life. I think I weigh the most I've ever weighed, but I like myself the most. And that has got nothing to do with my body at all it's got nothing to do with it and this is something I've learned how to do is to it's the acceptance you're like fucking hell he's saying everything I want to say yes it comes with acceptance first of where you're at right now what you look like and feeding your mind with the right stuff more than kind of feeding your body with good or food or bad food um I definitely straddle the two my the way I approach this is I help women overcome binge and emotional eating I help them overcome and quit obsessing about the scales, quit obsessing about how they look. But the proviso is you can you can do dieting, you can do weight loss later, but you have to park it for now, just for now. Because if you are finding that binge and emotional eating is having a really nasty detrimental impact on your quality of life, you have to resolve that first. Because that comes down to acceptance and learning like mindsets to, I almost said stools, mindset skills, tools, skills, and strategies, mindset stool. That's a different thing. Um, before, and we, we're not, I'm not saying never diet again. I'm like, you may get to the point and chances are you will get to the point when you start to work on your self-esteem and recognize, you know what? The only reason, the reason most women are dieting and these are the women I help are the ones who feel like they must do it because underneath it all it's because they don't feel good enough they feel bad about themselves and they've kind of been conditioned to believe that weight loss will solve all their problems all their problems in life will be a result of losing i don't know shit loads of weight get into a size 10 and looking that way but the fact is that's never going to happen i've been there i mean i if we both met doing a fitness program, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. And I got really shredded. I got really, really, it's the tiniest I've ever been. Where I, you know, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, I can't get over how tiny I was. And yet I thought I wasn't thin enough. So it never resolved those problems for me. It, it didn't make it worse, but it made my obsession with my body worse because I was scared of gaining weight. Because I'm like, well, I need to maintain this now. And it was so hard to get there. 
I then like kind of after I kind of reached that kind of eight week period and did the thought shoot I was then like binging and then restricting and binging and the binging got worse so it didn't fix anything and I was like well when I get to this size and loads of women will think this then my life will be perfect I'll suddenly have loads of confidence and I'll have the confidence to go for the job I want I'll have the confidence to wear those clothes again I will never worry about my body again and it's bollocks it's not true you've convinced yourself of this because that's what society says that's what the media says that's what magazines say that's what Hollywood says so when you reach a certain weight then you'll be happy everything will be all your ducks will be in a row and it's it is untrue it's completely it's like a false advert that women have been given and I can speak truthfully about it like it didn't make me any happier it made me feel worse about myself but sometimes not all the time I think some you have to get there and go through that to realize fuck no this is just this isn't what I thought it was going to be this isn't what I thought I wanted and then you're like okay maybe I need to do something different so I'm like what I find the women that I'm working with right now in the with the private clients I've got they quit the binge eating the urge disappears they feel okay with their bodies and they're like you know what I want to take a break from dieting because actually I'm just going to buy a pair of pick buy a pair of bigger pants I'm just going to wear some shorts that are a bit bigger and I'm okay with it do you know what I can if I want to diet later I can do it but the pressure's off and because then they learn about you know like a bit let's call it baseline basic nutrition it's so straightforward it's not restrictive and they need to time to implement that and then once that's kind of resolved in their heads and their mindsets, like in a really steady place, dieting becomes easy because it's not done with desperation. It's done from a place of acceptance, of enjoyment. And you're like, do you know what? My identity now is someone that chooses, I'm going to say healthful lifestyle, but that doesn't necessarily mean weight loss. For some people, they're like, yeah, do you know, what? I'd feel more comfortable if I was to shed a little bit of weight. But the urgency has gone that all or nothing black and white thinking has gone it's just more moderate and it takes time but it's so easy they don't even realize it's happening until three months down the line you're like shit I've still not binged the urge is gone and when it does rise up when I'm like okay what am I feeling so they'll question it and then they're still losing weight really naturally but without even trying to do it if that makes sense so that's those are the women that I want and those are the women I work with are like they're prepared to quit dieting temporarily and consider it might be something they never go back to. And that is terrifying because they're like, well, how will I ever feel good about myself? I'm like, let me show you how, and I will teach you how to do it. So those are the women I work with. And I think you've made some really important points in there, particularly about um, having this notion or idea in our head that X weight equates to happiness. And I do get that. And there is a set that's normally from a different point in people's lives. I've found from experience that when they were 14 pound heavier, because there's a reason why people pluck, you know, arbitrary numbers out of the air when they come to it. Yeah. I want to yeah. lose 12 pound. Well, it's because that 12, when they weighed that weight, it represented something to them. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever read it, but John Goodman used to speak about it really well in Ignite the Fire. And it's like his personal training, like pocket book. No, and he spoke about it from a sales perspective, which is a completely different kettle of fish. But and he's right in the fact that he used to say that you sell the the little red dress program, he used to call it, because the lady that came to you to lose weight, she didn't want to lose 12 pounds because to lose 12 pounds. She wanted to lose 12 pounds because when she was 12 pounds lighter, she could fit in her favorite little red dress that she wore on the best night of her life in a hotel in Paris when her husband proposed to her, right? Yeah. And that's what she wants. That's what she wants to feel like. She wants to feel happy because that was the yeah. last time she felt sexy, confident, happy. Yeah, you know, that's that, it. And this is it. And I know that's a completely different viewpoint because he was talking about it from a, a, how you sell packages, which is not what we're speaking about at all. But no, you're right though. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's people will assign this, like it's an arbitrary number. It means in, in and of itself, like to you and I, you're like, where, where, for me, it was nine stone four. Mm. I don't know where the four pounds came from. I don't even know why I thought that in my head, but nine stone four was my, my, my upper limit. And if I ever got above that, like, oh, it's a really hard thing to even articulate now. Cause I'm like, I don't know why I thought it, but I'm just going to spew words and see if any of them make any sense. 
it was when I think about how I felt about that number it was complete inner destruction it was like my life would my world would implode this is I know this sounds like like hyperbole but this is legitimately how I felt I genuinely thought that my life would be ruined I wouldn't be able to do anything. I'd never go out in public if I got to nine stone four or above. God forbid it went to nine stone five. Honestly, it was the worst possible thing that could ever happen. And that's how you catastrophize this crazy ass number. I don't, I don't even know why that number meant anything. I don't recall it being attached to like a happy memory or, or anything. I, I, I think I've just I just popped out of thin air, honestly. I, I'm like, I think about it now. I know the number, but I don't know why. I just know how I felt about it. I do get that. Uh, yeah. I've got certain numbers that I, I refer to for my weight from doing things like photo shoots. And it's, it's, from, it's not so much from an emotional perspective, though. It's from a pure vanity point that I'd say, yeah. like, well, actually, I know that I was really happy with how I looked from a pure aesthetic vein standpoint at 178 pounds. Like I really yeah. liked how it looked then. So it's funny because again, once you get to, into that side of, the, of, of dieting and doing things like that, you almost do need those numbers to, to base it off. Like, well, actually you know, it's really funny. And this is the whole thing. It's a weird one, isn't it? Uh, before we go too yeah. far off topic, um, I just wanted to, to, to get your ideas or your viewpoints on how people could even arrive at a point in their mind where they think they may have a binge eating or emotional eating issue. What are some of the telltale signs that you tend to see? There must be things that crop up time and time again with ladies that you work with Yeah, that are just red flags as such. Like this is happening far too frequently. Are there any, are there any signs? Yeah. Somebody's listening to this thing themselves. Like I don't want to worry people and be like, Oh my God, Claire just said that I do that. I, I, that's me. I do that stuff all the time. But is there anything that if people are concerned that there are things that they could start being more conscious about? Yeah. Um, it, everyone to a degree will eat emotionally in some capacity. So I, I kind of label it as emotional eating. Um, and that is just to make it digestible, excuse the pun, digestible for people to kind of grasp the concept that it's not eating because you're sat down and you're eating a meal that's been prepared. It's that emotional driver where you're driven by a very overwhelming type of emotion. And it could, I say overwhelming, boredom could be really fucking overwhelming because you feel it every day. When you're bored of your job, you're, you're pissed off with work. You're like, I don't wanna be in work this afternoon. I'd rather be doing something else. That can be overwhelming. So it's that's what I mean by emotional eating. It tends to be triggered when there's as a rule of thumb, unwanted feelings. So frustration, loneliness, anxiety, boredom, really common. But binge eating is different. And the most obvious sign for this is, is this binge a choice or is it a compulsion? Because it's a very, very different kettle of fish. Because when it's a compulsion, you feel like you have no control over it. And the way I've described this when I'm kind of doing um, kind of any calls, you know, in, initial calls with people, consultation calls is if it feels like, <laughs> this sounds really weird, but almost like you've been taken over by something. And it's like there's some puppet master kind of controlling you and it's making you walk to the kitchen and get things. And you're like, you can almost see yourself from like a third person looking in going, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And you're like, literally, I have no fucking control over this. I just need to keep eating. It's that kind of compulsion where you, you are not in control at all. It's not, it's not a choice that you're making. It's something else. That's more what binge eating's like. And it's the switching off mentally. It's that numbing that is very different from say just overeating because people tend to overeat a lot. That's common. Um, you do it, I do it. And we tend to do that in public. That's like a, an acceptable thing. Think Christmas, think, you know, meals out, think buffets, everyone bloody overeats because they're all doing it. Binge eating, you're doing secret. You're hiding it from people. Mm. It's I, a shame. I feel sh ashamed of it. That's me. What's going on with the audio there? That that's what something that I definitely and it will continue to be a struggle for me. You know, I've got more. 
uh, knowledge around it. And again, like yourself, like yourself, you gain skills to deal with it yourself. But, um, you know, that resonates quite a lot with me because that's what I've been like. That's exactly what I'm like is you sometimes I've, I've even thought to myself like mid bite of food, like, why the fuck am I eating this? Like, actually, actually I thought to myself, you don't even fucking like this. Like, why are you eating this? Like, why is it? Oh, it's not the hands like put it down. You're like, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> you know, so, and, I, and I think it's hugely common. Yeah. But I also don't think that people recognize it as a problem, which is yeah. the point I was at. Um, and, and I just wanted to touch back on where you said then about overeating. Something that I find quite an, a good concept with it is there is a big difference between physically overeating like we do at Christmas because there's just an abundance of nice food and it's a yeah. you're feeling good and you want to eat it and psychologically overeating by your own constraints that standard, you yeah. you upon yourself. Like I've overeaten because I ate an extra half a sandwich and I only ever have one sandwich at lunch. Right. Then that is a big issue as well. Right. People placing these restraints upon themselves about what they feel constitutes overeating as opposed to what actually is overeating yeah so it's it's it is it's subjective and i think it always will be subjective to people and especially for people women men everyone who has women i'm going to say in particular because that's my demographic that's who i know inside out because that's the that's where i've come from is dieting and so getting used to eating more food can sometimes feel like overeating but it's just because you've created these rules that's all it is you've created these rules and these standards and you're like well I'm not going to break that standard I'm not going to break that rule because then if I've eaten this is kind of where people then start to throw in a towel and you'll you'll know this from personal training is they'll get to a point where they're like oh my god I ate, I ate normally for breakfast I ate normally for lunch and then I had a donut because someone brought them in and I'm fucked it today that's it all bets are off it's the mindset it's and so this is kind of where you and I help people to retrain that way of thinking to get out of diet brain and back into this is actually really normal so a donut what and analyzing what what does eating the donut mean and really that's kind of where it comes from like what does it mean by eating the donut they're like well it means I've gotten fat I'm like so 200 calories is going to get you fat. So would 200 calories of broccoli get you fat? And they're like, oh, no. So it's looking at the type of food as well. So it's just educating about nutrition, um, you know, macronutrients. Or not on a basic level, you don't have to know it inside out, but you need to know something because it can help. And that's why education is, is really important when it comes to... Now, I'm not a nutritionist. That's not my focus when I work with people, but... I know enough from my personal training qualifications to be able to give information, but I'm not going to advise on, on anything because that's kind of outside my scope of practice. But my, my expertise lie with working with the mind and that's, that's kind of why it works with it. I just want to kind of clarify the, the like uh, binges as well and uh, overeating. They, they are subjective a lot of the time, but with overeating, it tends to be done in public and it's a decision you make the decision to do it. I'm going to say like the stuffing of your face at buffets and Christmas and things like that. Binges is done in secret. It tends to be a compulsion, but it's the mindset, which is I'm out of control with this. I can't rein it in. Um, binges often are two types. This might be interesting. People may not know it. You've got an objective binge and a subjective binge. Objective binges from a scientific point of view tends to be as a rule of thumb, someone eating, say, 2,000 calories or more in a really short space of time, let's say under an hour. And a, a subject, that's an objective binge, a subjective binge is going to be more, it's, it's the mindset that you're in. So you might have switched off eating, let's say, like a, quite, like a big bag of minstrels, let's say. So from a calorie point of view, it's considerably less than the 2,000, but your head was in binge mode. And so you still think, oh, my God, I've, I've binged. I've done a bad thing that you feel just as shameful and just as guilty, no matter how much you eat, because your head was in binge mode. So you've got your objective binges, which are this kind of I'm going to kind of say from like a scientific. There's some like parameters with that um, subjective binges. I moved from objective binging to subjective binging when I was recovering. And I felt like, oh, my God, the shame was still there. That came up. I'm like, oh, my God, I've eaten two protein bars, for example, back to back. 
but I switched off doing it. And I was like, oh my God, that's really, really bad. I'm like, it's from a calorie point of view, it's not a binge. But in my head, I was in binge mode because I had two protein bars back to back. And I was like, I just went back and forth to get them. And then I was like, oh, no, no, I'm going to get on. All right, what's going on? And I snapped out of it. But yeah, the guilt and the judgment is still there. So that's that's the part that I kind of train people out of. So that's the uh, yeah, interesting part of it. I know it's, it's, it's run what we can discuss here on a podcast about helping people, but I like what you just mentioned then about how you managed to snap out of it. Now, and that's something that can be real progress, right? Binges could yeah. last weeks at one point, where progress could be then that, and it's, it goes the same with mental health as well. The conversations with people say, well, actually, like, yeah, I still struggle with it, but actually now my my downtime, my depressive time oh, yeah, has yeah. gone from weeks to sometimes hours, and I've, I've built mechanisms to do it and it works in a similar way with with eating from that perspective right is that and that is getting people to see that that's progress is that yeah you might still have the issue but you used to binge for a week and you'd hit that fuck it button and you know disregard yourself for a week entirely but now now you're managing to stop yourself within it like like we said what i've done where i put food in my mouth i'm like you don't even like this food like it's just that it was available it's just um and i this is a way that I do approach things with people as well is that I say to people a lot when it comes to nutrition is that we need to bring things into conscious thought and awareness of what you're doing is such a big factor. Oh yeah. Once you are aware of it, it's not so much admission. I don't describe it as yourself admitting it, but I suppose that's a part of it. Acknowledging, I think is the word. acknowledging, acknowledging, Acknowledging what's happening and once you've done that, you can then start to implement mini interventions that you decide work well for you. Is there anything that you found works particularly well for people that are doing? Let's just say let's not go down the route of anything quite so heavily diagnosed as like a binge eating disorder. Mm. But we all know that a lot of people struggle with mindless eating. And you did mention about boredom being such a big factor. And I think that if we're all honest with ourselves, like where I'm located now, just the other side of that door is my main cupboard that's got all my food in it and my fridge, right? So I will mindlessly open the cupboards and look for things for no reason. Yeah. Is there anything that you've found to be particularly helpful with clients you work with in those scenarios to try in that intervention? Like what, what can you to put something in place that can stop them getting up, walking out of their chair to the kitchen and then actually putting food in their mouth? <laughs> there's, there's, there's no quick win. Uh, I'm going to be absolutely honest. There's no one way that's like, right, if you just did this, you'd be fine. But there are, because the work I do is a deeper level. But in the interim, the the one thing I'd probably suggest to someone if they're like, oh, okay, I want to try and see if this works. You need to learn how to trust yourself. And what's happening is the more you give in to that compulsion urge, whatever, the more you choose to not be aware the more the habit's just going to get more ingrained. But you've not allowed yourself to try and not do it. So you have, to, you have to become aware. That's like the first thing. The second thing is when you kind of feel that urge, you say, right, I can eat this at any time I want. Like, I don't have to eat it right now. I can eat it at any time I want. And a lot of the times, we, the reasons why we binge is when we think that food is scarce. We think we're not going to be allowed to eat it, so we need to eat it all now. I mean, how many people are like, well... I need to eat everything in the house before I go on a diet because otherwise it'll be there. It's gone. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're like, I'm not allowed to eat that food. But it's like, well, allow yourself to eat the food, keep it in the damn house, but just say I can eat it whenever the fuck I want. Weirdly, I did like a post, like a story today, which is where I kind of like, I was brought up not being allowed sweets, chocolates, really random shit because my mum was really strict. And then lo and behold, I developed a binge eating problem, really dysfunctional relationship with food. And now, or having overcome all of that, I'm like, I can keep loads of chocolate in the house. I keep ice cream and ice cream, kryptonite, fucking kryptonite for me. Hagen dazs I'm like, just, I, I, I used to buy a tub of Hagen dazs and go, I'm just going to put it in the freezer and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to make all these false promises to myself. And then I'd come home and I'd eat a bit. I'm like, because I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I could have waited. I could have waited, but I chose to check out mentally and I just eat the whole lot in like 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm not, and then I'd have tea and then I'm like, well, I fucked it. So I might as well have chocolate later. Rah, 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 I spiraled. So you have to check in with yourself. 
you've got to become aware and just say, I can eat this at any time I want. I don't need to eat it now. And all the time, if you keep doing that every day and then you eat the thing later, that's okay. Because you're like, it's never scarce. Food is never going to run out. You can, the shops will be open. Even in lockdown, there's all the shops. You can buy fucking chocolate. It's fine. It's okay. You're never going to fucking run out of it in this country. So try and learn how to trust yourself just that little bit. And the more you learn how to trust yourself, the more you're like, oh, well, I ate that later and I didn't binge on it. This is great. You've got to give yourself a fighting chance to try. Because if you don't try, you'll just keep repeating the same pattern over and over again. And you you have to be, I was going to say this earlier, you have to, like talking about acknowledgement, oh, this is happening. It's to not judge yourself and to show yourself some fucking compassion because judgment and shame keep that cycle going. I'm such a failure. I shouldn't have done this. I'm so bad. Why can't I stick to this? You're learning. You've learned a really, really difficult habit well, like a really great habit, which solves all your fucking problems, which is food, because it stops you feeling bad. It works. You now need to kind of undo all of that conditioning because it is just conditioning. It's habit. But you've got to start somewhere and starting is the hardest bit. It's always the hardest part. So give yourself a bit of compassion because you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to get it right straight away. And keeping judging yourself is going to just perpetuate that pattern forevermore for the next 20, 30 years of your life. And that's, that's represented highly, um, which is something I speak about quite a lot of my clients again about not aiming for that. We all speak about not aiming for perfection, right? But the, the goal is that I say to my clients is what we're trying to do is actually um, create a better foundation so that their bad weeks, bad weeks, yeah, right, are being raised up, rather yeah. so that when they do have a not so good week for whatever reason, because life happened and yeah, yeah. shit and family problems and you know, you just wanted a pizza, that's fine, that that was now, you know, so much relatively higher than what a, a terrible week would have been six months ago. Mm. And uh, I think getting out of that mindset of trying to be perfect, because we set ourselves up for failure in that scenario, oh. right? We just place so much stress, unneeded stress and pressure on ourselves, because we do, and we're always our own worst critics about that, particularly when it comes mm. to dieting and things like that. And for me, in that scenario, you did say it as well, that it's important to recognize that failing and being a failure are two very different things. And that failing is just a part of life. It's yeah, how to deal yeah, with it. To it. It's that cycle of, you know, starting a diet, see some progress, fail. You know, you might try again, but eventually you exit that cycle when you just give up entirely. But if we can just stop at that point and assess what we did, say, right, yeah. what, did, what did I do here? What did I, did I, did I actually do anything? wrong quote unquote wrong yeah or was it just a really difficult couple of weeks in my life and that perhaps if I'd have had the foresight I wouldn't have tried to diet during that period and then I wouldn't have had anything to fail at it's it's the definition of perfect and failure for, for different people and it is different for everyone but this is kind of where all or nothing perfectionism thinking comes into it and every woman I work with is a perfectionist every single like 100% of them yeah they're all perfectionists in some area of their life and binge eating is a form of perfectionism because it stems from dieting and being on plan or off plan perfect or not perfect but it's been over the years they've kind of developed this set of like a million different rules a million different rules which they don't rec they don't realize it's not a conscious thing anymore it's just these is what they've developed over the years and it the minute that they slip up on one of those rules that this standard isn't met that's it like that means because they're not perfect they are a failure so there's no point in continuing and that's what perpetuates the cycle because they're judging themselves they're judging themselves for not being perfect they think everyone else is judging them for not being perfect but no one else gives a shit no one cares but the standard is there and letting go of that standard and kind of revising what these you know, these rules aren't working. These restrictions aren't working. Those, it's the very rules that are this perfect standard, which you can never, ever, ever expect to hit. You can't, it's impossible. So actually it's the lowest standard because it's unattainable. Like you, you can't have it. You just simply can't achieve that. 
So why are you, because if you think perfect doesn't exist, what ends up happening is all or nothing, it always becomes nothing. So actually you're, you're setting yourself up to achieve way, way lower than if you just kind of went, do you know what? I'm going to give myself some wiggle room. Perfection isn't a thing anymore. I'm just going to check in with not goal-related progress, but process-related progress. Like, did I check in with myself faster than I did last week on that binge? You know, did I, did I kind of, did the awareness kick in faster? That's, that's the stuff that we monitor. And how compassionate were you with yourself this week? How, how did you change how you spoke to yourself? Because that's the progress that people aren't doing. They're saying, well, I need to hit this goal weight or I need to be perfect on my diet. You're like, oh my God, we know that doesn't fucking work. We know it's not working for you. We know this because your all or nothing is always nothing. It's always nothing. And then you feel terrible about yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's how to, people need to kind of shift that idea of perfect is the lowest standard because you can't hit it. What ends up happening is like the minute you have that fucking donut, woof, you're back down again. And then you have like a week or two weeks or a month of binging. And you then like, I'm gaining weight. I'm such a failure. I need to diet harder. And like trying to eat 500 calories a day. You're like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And I can't eat chocolate. And you're like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have two tubs of haagen tonight. And then the judgment, it just continues and continues and continues. So intervening with awareness you have to do it and just going right this all or nothing shit isn't working and it's just taking it back to basics and tracking process rather than i'm going to hit this one goal it's okay to have now and again but it's it's a deep it, it takes like quite a lot of deeper work to identify what people really want and why they want it which i'm not going to get into today because i'll be here for like six hours but perfectionism every single woman is, is a perfectionist and binge eating is just perfectionism because it's the nothing part of all or nothing i think that's a really good point to, to wrap it up on i think that's a perfect takeaway for people so claire it's been awesome thank you very much it's lovely having you on to talk to you i really appreciate it and i think it's really insightful and i think there's a lot of what we spoke about there that will resonate with a, a lot of people and hopefully awesome. make some people aware of their own, you know, aware of their own eating habits. That's exactly why we got you on. Okay, where can people find you if they want to come and see your work? You're quite busy on social media, aren't you? You get a lot of posts busy. out, a lot of information out. <laughs> busy so, on socials. I am, I am, yeah. So you can find me at, at Claire Richards underscore FitMind. Um, depending on when this goes out, I'm still taking on... I've got probably seven spaces left on my group coaching program, which is binge mindset makeover. So that's the lowest investment you're ever going to be able to work with me ever. Cause this is the first time I'm running it. So in six weeks, I'm teaching everyone the best parts of my one-to-one programs in six weeks to rewire the binge brain, get people dieting without desperation. So we go live on Monday. That's when we're starting, but if you miss it, it's okay. I'm still taking on one-to-one clients got space for three so people are interested they can work with me one-on-one for 12 weeks and change their life perfect love it claire thank you very much it's been an honor having you on i really appreciate your time catch up with you soon see you later Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really do think it's an important subject and it's something that we do need to speak more openly about because disordered eating and eating disorders, they're becoming more and more prominent. We've certainly seen a big rise during lockdown and the the official figures reinforce that. So I hope you took some value away from today's episode. I'd really appreciate your feedback. I've popped down some links in the description of this where you can find Claire and myself Also, some links to some places that might be able to help you if you do think that you've got a problem with disordered eating or eating disorders. The links are in there. Follow them if you need to. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Catch you in episode five.